0: Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal. It's good to be back in the groove of things doing this podcast each day. Going to go a little more narrow focus today rather than the broad brush that we took yesterday catching up on all the news. We're going to talk some BYU football recruiting, in particular the recruitment of J Maeva, the Hawaiian native who is now playing high school football in Washington, D.C. or the greater Washington, D.C. area. Talk about Some comments he made to Brian Doan of 24-7 Sports in this first segment. Second segment of the show, I wanted to take a minute and talk about the BYU baseball program and some of the notable accomplishments this team has made and done this season as they build towards the NCAA Regional. Very much in the mix for an at-large berth into the NCAA Regional if they don't win the automatic bid out of the West Coast Conference. We'll talk about them in the second segment. And then a good start at the NCAA Regional for men's golf and also women's softball getting ready for their regional matchup this coming weekend. We'll talk about all of that as we catch up on the other, all the other news in BYU sports in the final segment of today's podcast. That's the rundown of how things are going today. Thank you for joining us once again on a Tuesday edition of the show. Please continue to subscribe, rate, and review. Make sure you never miss an episode. We want to keep you up to date each and every day on all things BYU news. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Well, insert your company name here. We'd love to have you guys as a title sponsor on this show. If you are interested in that, having your name, your brand, your product out in front of thousands of BYU fans nationwide, hit us up, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. We would love to have you guys on board and help represent your brand or company on this podcast. All right, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for May 14th, 2019. All right, guys, I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked on Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, and it is a blast bring this podcast to you each and every day. So thanks again for taking the time to download us. If you are new to the show, this is your one-stop shop, your daily source for all the things you need to know about BYU athletics. We want to make sure you're up to date and always have the latest in BYU news, but also give you my thoughts, my opinions, my, my takes on how things are going for BYU. Today, I think my first take is that BYU football recruiting, I think they're doing it the right way. Uh, Soljay Maeva is a name that BYU football fans are probably familiar with. They've probably heard the name formerly of Kahuku High School out there on the island of Oahu in Hawaii. He has made the move clear across the country, and I don't think he can go much further than to go from Kahuku High School on the north shore of Oahu to the greater Washington, D.C. area to play for St. John's College High School. That's what Soljay Maya has done. He did it just before his sophomore year. He's been playing out there in the D.C. area for the past year, but BYU was one of the early teams to offer him a scholarship. Of course, he made headlines as an eighth grader when he was discovered at a camp in Hawaii by Michigan head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who'd offered him a scholarship. Uh, everything I've read and heard is Michigan's kind of backed off that. Um, I is not the biggest guy in the entire world, a six foot, 190 pound prospect, but BYU's chasing him hard. And you're probably wondering, why am I talking about this kid? Well, Brian Doan from 24-7 Sports did a great job uh, writing a story on him on the 24-7 Sports Network, and Maya talks about the fact that he visited all three of the Utah schools recently, and he lists BYU, Utah, Utah State, Liberty, and Purdue as the top five schools giving him the most love currently. Now, you're probably wondering, okay, where does BYU stand with him? Because there's been some talk of him in the past. If you were to go to a school in the state of Utah, it would be Utah. He's kind of got connections to the Utes. But it sounds like BYU and Utah State have both made big runs. Uh, He says in the article here, It was good visiting the schools in Utah recently. They all treated me well. I got good vibes. Uh, He said, in particular regarding what BYU did, Maeva said it went well. They've been showing me the most love out of all of the Utah schools, plus I'm LDS, or a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, so that is a good choice for me no matter what. I did see Soljay Maeva during spring ball uh, on a visit with some coaches and some friends of his and I think that uh, this shows that BYU is doing a good job because, like I said, early on in this recruitment process, and not until too too long ago, a lot of people felt like if Mayava was going to come to school in Utah, it was going to be he was going to go to Utah. Uh, it sounds like the Utes have backed off a little bit, and it sounds like a lot of well, a lot of programs they still look for those prototypical quarterbacks. Like I said, Mayava listed at six foot, one hundred ninety pounds. I think BYU is okay having the non-traditional six-foot-four, 230-pound stud quarterback. You look at it, Zach Wilson. He's more of your prototype, 6'2", 190, 200 pounds. Okay, that's great. But Jacob Conover, who's coming in, listed at six-foot. Uh, you've got guys like Jaron Hall on the roster who is listed at six-foot, but I'd be surprised if Jaron Hall is taller than five-eleven. So I think BYU's okay with a quarterback who's a little more mobile, can still make the throws, but if they're but still not the tallest guy in the entire in the in the in the quarterback room. We just saw Kyler Murray, a guy who I still think it was made up that he's five foot ten. Spare me your your takes. I think that it was inflated to make sure that he was covered. He's five foot ten and one eighth. Okay, great. I thought he was five nine, but he was a great quarterback. He could make all the throws. He can make all the throws. And I think he's going to have a pretty decent NFL career, especially in a system set up to help him succeed. And I think that's what BYU is doing in terms of recruiting. Uh, Soljay Maevo would be a guy that would come in if he were to, I don't know if he has mission plans, etc. But he would come in in the class of 2020. And he would likely have to sit a year behind Zach Wilson, maybe a second year. But it could be in the mix for BYU. And I think this is a smart play on BYU's part. You always want to be recruiting quarterbacks. You never know which one is ultimately going to step up and be the guy. I think Zach Wilson... He's proven to be the guy, but coming in right away, I think there were some questions of, okay, could Jaron Hall beat him out? Can Tanner Mangum make this job his? And Tanner Mangum did make it his job for the first half of the season. You'll never be able to take away the fact that he went out and beat uh, Arizona and also Wisconsin. I think those are both huge wins. They're feathers in the cap of what Tanner Mangum did. But BYU always needs to be recruiting a quarterback in every recruiting class. I think they've learned their lesson. That you always have to have that quarterback room flush with talent. If guys decide to transfer out, so be it. You just deal with it. You just move on with that. And you say, I wish you the best of luck. And you you move on. But I think that the fact that BYU is chasing a guy like Soljay Maeva, who didn't necessarily reciprocate the love that BYU showed him early on, but is reciprocating that now, I think it's paying off. I think it's a smart call on BYU's part in terms of recruiting. I like how this BYU football staff goes about their recruiting. They're relentless, they're always in contact with guys. They understand, guess what? It's recruiting is the name of the game. If we want to have success at BYU, we have to go out and recruit guys and make sure they're always up to date. Uh, they've offered guys recently, like Dean Jones, a kid from North Canyon High School in the Phoenix, Arizona area, a 6 foot, 280 pound safety. Well. That's that screams everything that BYU's recruited recently in their defensive secondary. A tall, lean athlete who can run really well, that's a that's a great call on their part. I think they've done a very good job at identifying the talent that they want, identifying the, the body types that they want, and then going out and recruiting them hard. They've also offered a kid in, by the name of Miles Davis from Las Vegas High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Six foot, 170 pound wide receiver. We'll see what happens with him, uh, but I think that the, the the biggest thing you can take away from this BYU coaching staff and the biggest credit you have to give to them is the fact that they are unafraid of chasing what they want. They went out and got two grad transfer running backs when I and others around the BYU football program have been told that the graduate transfer process for BYU is a very hard sell simply due to the fact that BYU is a hard school to get into particularly for graduates uh, or graduate programs. Well, I think BYU the coaching staff they like to- do hard things, and I think that is a as a credit to them. They're not they're not afraid of going out and chasing guys, and that's that's awesome to see. Plain and simple, I really really enjoy that, and we'll see what happens with BYU over the next couple of years. I'm hopeful that Kalani Satake gets a contract extension here in the near future. Uh, I can really help kind of bolster recruiting because the longer it goes that he's not getting that extension and I don't know what the holdup is. I don't know if it's on his end or if it's on BYU's end. I don't know where that stands. Or they could, for all I know, they could announce tomorrow that he's signing a three-year extension. I don't have any insight on that part of it. But the longer it goes and the closer he gets to the final year of his deal, it's going to hurt recruiting because the recruits all of a sudden are going to say, "Coach, you're going to be there when I when I if I decide to sign with BYU," and he can say, "Well, I hope to be." No, you want to have that pen to paper. You want to have that extension in place to help him out. I've said in the past that I feel like a three-year extension would do wonders for BYU. I think it would be a great job in terms of getting all the all the pieces in place, helping BYU make sure that they're uh, covered in terms of recruiting. They want to make sure that everybody who is going to sign with BYU feels comfortable with the situation regarding the coaching staff. I don't know that it's necessarily going to work out that way, because like I said, I don't have any insight on where things stand with BYU's, BYU's uh, contract situation with Kalani Satake. I'll do some digging on that, ask some people, talk to my hashtag sources, and get some more information on that, hopefully. But it's a very interesting situation. But I do like, let me repeat... What BYU is doing in recruiting right now. They're relentless. They're going out, they're identifying talent, and they are they're driving home what BYU can do for these young men. I think it's gonna pay off. I just hope it doesn't get short circuited by an administrator or someone else who decides to pull the plug on Kalani Satake before he's really got things rolling. So I really feel like going into the 2019 season call me pie in the sky guy if you want but I really feel like this team is underrated going into this year and I think they could really make some noise and that would help BYU on the recruiting trail and hopefully they don't short circuit that in any way shape or form all right some thoughts on BYU's recruiting but that's good to hear that uh Soljay Maeva just kind of a microcosm for what BYU is doing in recruiting. They're showing these guys a lot of love and they're chasing the guys they want and that's a credit to the BYU coaching staff. They find the guys they like and they chase them until they're told no and that's awesome to see. All right, we will take a time out here. Come back on the other side. Need to talk some BYU baseball. Of course, this is a team that has really found themselves after a disappointing year a year ago. Mike Littlewood did wonders in retooling his uh, roster, getting rid of some of the dead weight guys who weren't bought into the program. I think it's paid off this year. They're very much looking like they're going to the NCAA Regional and hopefully can make a run towards the College World Series. We'll talk a little bit more about that team here in a minute, but a reminder for you real quick. If you are looking for a new podcatcher on uh, your daily drive. If you're looking for something that can get you up to date on everything when it comes to your podcast, check us out on the Himalaya Podcast app. They are a proud partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're excited to be part of that right here on Locked On Cougars. Like I said, I drove to Southern California last week, did a lot of driving. It's 10 hours both ways to Orange County, where my wife is from. I listen to a lot of podcasts on the drive down and I used them all on the Himalaya Podcast podcast app. I really wanted to give it a test run, really kind of put it through its paces, see how things worked, and it worked phenomenally. So I'd encourage you guys, if you are looking for a new podcatcher, and when you get in your car, make sure to tell your pot, your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars, but you also can make sure that Himalaya is part of that rotation for you, because I really feel like the features, everything they've developed with that podcast app is all user-friendly. So check it out, guys. The Locked On Cougars podcast and the Locked On podcast network check us all out on the himalaya podcast app more in a moment this is locked on cougars welcome on back to Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Tuesday edition of the show. If you would like to be featured on this podcast as one of our podcast sponsors, we'd love to have you on board. Please email us at LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you and represent your brand or company or yourself, plain and simple. Also looking for people that would like to host this podcast won't cost you a dime. I'll bring the podcast equipment to you. We'll knock out a 30-minute podcast and get your thoughts on whatever you want to talk about when it comes to BYU sports. You can hit this up on social media. Find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Locked on Cougars. You can find myself Jay Catch at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. And like I said, you also can email us LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys and looking forward to having some of you guys as my co-host on this podcast. Alright, let's take a minute here and talk some BYU baseball. They're sporting a 33 and 14 record with just four games left in their regular season. They face off against the University of Utah tonight in Lake City at Smith's Ballpark. A game scheduled for six o'clock mountain time. Should be absolutely phenomenal weather tonight. Supposed to hit to the 80s here along the Wasatch Front before some bad weather comes in this weekend. Couldn't beat, I think, today's schedule for weather in the state of Utah. The backdrop at Smith's Ballpark is absolutely phenomenal. So if you're looking for something to do on a Tuesday night, you don't want to watch the NBA playoffs, watch the Warriors massacre, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, You can come up to Smith's Ballpark and watch BYU take on Utah in the Deseret First Duel. Uh, BYU also has three games remaining in West Coast Conference play against Santa Clara this weekend. But The Cougars really looking to lock down the number one seed a regular season championship in West Coast Conference play. And I think that the biggest thing I've taken away from this, and I've said this multiple times on this podcast, BYU's pitching will take this team as far as it possibly can go. And I, I know that I didn't necessarily have the backup on that early in the season, but I felt like they were off to a great start. Well, they've kind of done it, though. Uh, they have their best uh, pitching since 1969 due to the metrics. They're allowing just 4.07 runs per game and a 249 opponent batting average heading into the final series uh, against San Francisco last weekend. They are absolutely dominating right now. They've had some hiccups along the way, obviously. 33-14 doesn't mean that they've necessarily been dominant all year long. They've had their concerns. Uh, Winning two games against San Francisco with big run totals, but also losing one game 9-1. Sometimes the bats don't necessarily show up for the Cougars. But I really feel like this BYU baseball team is poised to make some noise. I know that rhymes. I didn't mean to, but they're poised to make noise in the NCAA regional. I feel like they have bolstered their non-conference schedule, their RPI, etc. to give themselves a great opportunity for an at-large bid regardless of how things go. Um, When it comes to the West Coast Conference Tournament, of course, they'll have uh, four uh, teams that make that West Coast Conference Tournament. It's kind of a round-robin format, and whoever wins it wins the automatic bid into the NCAA Tournament. Uh, If they sweep Santa Clara this weekend, it'll actually secure the Cougars a regular season crown in the West Coast Conference and that number one seed. It'll be interesting to see how things go in Stockton for them beginning May 23rd, because I feel like BYU's been the class of the West Coast Conference. They've had their struggles. Like I said, the bats haven't shown up at some nights, but for the most part, they've been very consistent and their pitching night in and night out, game in and game out has definitely given them an opportunity each year. Uh, guys like Easton Walker, he's been absolutely phenomenal all year long. The five foot nine sophomore from Pleasant Grove. He's 6-0 and this season, posting a 1.30 ERA in seven starts. It's the sixth best mark in the nation. We talked about him earlier this season. He was carrying a 0.0 ERA early in the year. Just absolutely incredible to see what they're doing. Uh, the Cougars combined have a 3.51 ERA overall. Uh, this is a big credit to my good friend Sean Walker, who's been on the, on the podcast multiple times. So they have a combined... ERA of 3.51, a 249 opponent batting average, allowing 4.07 runs with 3.09 walks per game. Those are the best marks in program history in the modern era, or at least going back to 1969. Jordan Wood, a senior, BYU's ace, he's got a 4-2 record. He's boasting a 4.39 ERA in 12 starts. He's allowed just 34 earned runs on 74 hits in his 69 ma- innings on the mound. Uh, He's going to be a guy that I think is going to get an opportunity in pro baseball at some level. He'll be taken in the amateur draft in June. And It just goes down from there. Like I said, Easton Walker's been lights out. Uh, Reed McLaughlin, who's a relief pitcher, is 5-1 as a freshman right now. He's got a 2.06 ERA. So BYU, this pitching that they have, is going to carry them. I'm hopeful they can make it to Omaha in the College World Series. There's still a long road to walk for BYU in terms of getting there playing in the uh, the shiny, glitzy event of the summer when it comes to college baseball. But I feel like BYU right now is poised to really make a run here. I'm hopeful they can have a good game tonight against Utah, win the Deseret First Duel matchup they've got against the Utes, go to Santa Clara, sweep all three games there, and then go to that West Coast Conference Tournament and dominate it. They don't necessarily have to win all the games of the West Coast Conference Tournament, but have a good showing. You can't just get swept out of there and really leave yourselves at the whim of the NCAA uh, committee that will be picking the at-large teams. Go out there, win the games, and force their hand. Make sure that they can't deny you for any reason whatsoever. Because, let's be real, BYU—they don't play on Sundays and baseball and softball. Some of these sports, if the NCAA tournament, the committee that picks at-large teams, can avoid BYU, I think they will. I don't mean that in a bad. Okay, I do mean that in a bad way because it is a form of discrimination, but. BYUs, go force their hand, plain and simple. Make it so that they can't ignore you, plain and simple. And I like the fact that BYU ranked number 24 in the country right now. It'd be a very, very hard sell to ignore them at this juncture of the season. But go take care of business. Go win your games. Go to the West Coast Conference Tournament. Dominate there. And then get ready for the NCAA Regionals. I really feel like BYU could be back in the NCAA Tournament and really be a contender in it this season after making it two years ago and and having the offseason a year ago. It's awesome to see what BYU Baseball has done. I've been very impressed with how they've played this year. Fans are showing up in droves. They had over 3,000 the other night on a Friday night out at Miller Ballpark. If you win, fans will show up and support the Batcats, and it's been awesome to see. So, best of luck to BYU Baseball as they face off against the Utes tonight at 6 o'clock and also head to Santa Clara for a three-game series against the Broncos this weekend will be interesting to see how things go for them. Um, one note before we go, though, I also want to do give props individually to BYU sophomore shortstop Jackson Clough. He's been a big part of BYU's offense all year long. He's been named uh, Collegiate Baseball National Player of the Week and the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. It's his second uh, weekly honor for National Player of the Year in the same in the same season. He joins former BYU pitcher Colton Mahoney as the only Cougar to earn National Weekly Honors twice in his career, and he's done it in one season. It's also the third WCC honor for Clough this season. It's awesome to see. Uh, in four games last week, he had nine hits, batting 562 with a 1.062 slugging percentage. Five of the hits were doubles with one home run, so absolutely phenomenal. Nine RBI, seven runs, four walks, two stolen bases, and also got hit by a pitch. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. So congratulations to Jackson Clough. He's having a great year overall. He's leading the Cougars with a 346 batting average, 62 hits, 53 runs scored, 56 runs batted in, 19 doubles, and 12 stolen bases. This kid's only a sophomore. He's going to have an opportunity to go pro at some point, And if he continues to put up numbers like this, I would expect it's coming sooner rather than later. But congratulations once again to Jackson Clough on both of those honors. All right, we will step aside come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports. A great start at the NCAA regional for BYU men's golf. We'll detail that next right here on Locked on Cougars. are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast, all focused on BYU. Proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, which is America's number one daily podcast network. Thanks again for downloading the show. Please continue to subscribe, rate and review. It takes about a few moments to do it, but it really means a lot to us. Those review numbers have been awesome lately, and I thank you guys for taking the time to give us that five-star review. It's awesome to see that. Alright, running down what's happening in BYU sports, and it's a great start for BYU men's golf. They're in Pullman, Washington for the Pullman regional of the NCAA men's golf tournament. Carson Lindell was tied for first after shooting a scorching 64 in round one. He's tied with Texas A&M's Ch- Chandler Phillips and Oklahoma's Garrett Rebrand for first place. Peter Quest and Rhett Rasmussen both shot a 69, which is one under to tie for 23rd. BYU is currently in fourth place as a team behind AM, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Georgia Tech. Uh, Kelton Hirsch and Brock Stanger are placed 38th and Fifty-eighth with rounds of even and plus two, respectively. BYU is in a good spot right now. The top five teams make the national uh, tournament, the national championships, along with the top individual, not from those teams. The second round is going on today. Whenever you hear this, it's likely ongoing or finished up. You can go find the live stats and leaderboard on Golfstat. There's a link on the BYU Cougars website. I'm hopeful that BYU can finish off a great season by making it to the national championships. Of course, if and when they do make the national championships, get ready for that great column because BYU plays their Sunday round in the NCAA championships on the day that other teams play their practice round. It's a a joke because people freak out about it, saying that BYU is getting an unfair advantage maybe with the weather, etc It can go both ways. And BYU, they're part of the NCAA. It's been in the rule books for decades, but just get ready for the same old story. Why is BYU going to play? Okay. Guess what? It is what it is. So, BYU, I'm hopeful that men's golf can finish off a great season, make the NCAA championships, and have an opportunity to send guys like Peter Quest, Rhett Rasmussen, and Carson Lundell out on this season on a high note. This is actually a very young team, relatively in men's golf. I know it's not the biggest roster, but Peter Quest, like we talked about yesterday, he's only a junior and he's planning on coming back to BYU next year for his senior season. Rhett Rasmussen also coming back, Carson Lundell. They're adding some great prospects from right here in the state of Utah to this team. Bruce Brockbank has set himself up to have some phenomenal runs, I feel like, over the next couple of years. Uh, BYU Men's Golf has got a great, rich tradition, Uh, started off with Carl Tucker, and Bruce Brockbank has done a good job carrying forward that legacy, and he's really building something here. He's got guys in place that I really feel like can make an impact, and here's hoping that they're able to hold it together over the next two rounds and make the NCAA championships. They've got to have another good day today and tomorrow. You can't let up and have a bad day in these regionals because all these other teams understand the stakes. They understand what it's what it means uh, for them to continue their season going to the NCAA championships and I'm hopeful that BYU men's golf can continue their run as well. All right, so we'll update you more on that tomorrow ahead of the final round of the NCAA regional up there in Pullman. Of course, we'll have everything else covered for you in BYU sports. Always a lot to get to. Excited to be back doing this each and every day. Once again, I apologize for the week off last week. was an un- unintentional snafu that I couldn't really control, but we're back doing the podcast each day. If you are interested in advertising with us, we'd love to have you guys on board. We're just over a week away from the 100-day mark of the BYU football season. We're going to begin a daily countdown of players on the BYU roster from 99 all the way down to 1. We're going to count you down each day, get you ready. And I know that we don't do shows on the weekends, so we'll probably double up on some days to get you updates on all these guys that are important players for BYU. We'll run all of that down for you each day as we get ready for the BYU football season. It's incredible to think we're just over a 100 days away, but it's coming quickly. And it's going to be rivalry week before we know it. I know this summer is going to be very interesting with the Utah game on the schedule early on, but It'll be interesting to track that, really let the hype build, and then play that game to kick off the year. I'm very excited for it. All right. We will step aside here. We'll come back tomorrow. Catch up on everything else going on in BYU News. Thanks again for your continued support of the podcast. Let me know what you think of the podcast. If you'd like to be a co-host in the next couple of weeks, let me know as well. At Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Find the show on all the social media platforms at LockedOnCougars. And if you have advertising questions or you just want to reach out via email, hit us up. Locked on. BYU at Gmail tomorrow. More on tomorrow's edition of the show. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Jay Catch. This has been Locked On Cougars for May 14th, 2019.